Friends, at the moment, we're busy with a series, and it's a series called Ever Wonder Why, and it's dealing with questions that quite possibly you've asked yourself, I've asked myself, or possibly would ask ourselves at some point in our walk with Christ. Today, we're dealing particularly with a question of why didn't God answer my prayer? You might have had this question. You might have asked it. Could I start by asking you, if you believe in prayer, why don't you just shoot your hand up quickly? That's very encouraging. I do too. (laughs) But at times, if I'm truthful, I've been a little confused by God's response to my prayers. And at times, even my perceived lack of his response, if I'm honest. And so we know that all things are possible with God because Scripture teaches that to us. And many of us have seen miraculous things done by the power of God. But I think we can agree, prayer is powerful, but it can be confusing at times. And we're going to look at a few examples from the Word where incredible things took place. In Joshua chapter 10, the sun actually stood still for an entire day. Joshua and his men were fighting. They needed time to take the enemies out. And Joshua asked God, could you just keep the sun high in the sky? And God did that. Maybe you've prayed for a friend's marriage and it's ended in divorce. Elijah, he called down fire from heaven. It says fire came down from heaven to consume an offering. He was having a contest with the prophets of Baal. They had set up sacrifices, both lots. And Elijah said, my God is going to set my sacrifice on fire. And he even wet the sacrifice And fire came down from heaven and consumed that ox. Maybe you've prayed for a family member with cancer and they passed away. Daniel was a man who ended up circumstantially in a den with lions. He wasn't touched. He wasn't touched. He called out to God. God kept him safe. Perhaps you have prayed for protection on a journey and somehow ended up in an accident. I'm sure we can all agree. Prayer is powerful, but we can be confused at times about it. So let's go to the Word of God. This is where we get understanding, friends. In John 14, we're going to read from verse 12 to 14, out of John 14. Jesus speaks about prayer. He's actually speaking about him returning to the Father. So he's preparing his disciples. He's saying, I'm going back to my Father. But he's kind of helping them to see beyond the time that he's gone to what will be happening here on earth with them. And He says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works 
I've been doing. He's encouraging them, saying the kingdom is not coming to an end. I've actually just brought the kingdom to earth, and now you are going to extend it and build it with me. You will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, on the surface, verse 14 sounds like a guarantee, doesn't it? Say anything in my name, I'll give it to you. But friends, we're going to dig a little deeper to see and understand the scripture correctly. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father is glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. What happens when you ask God for something and you know he can and you feel as though he should, (laughs) but he doesn't? Is something wrong? Is God not listening? Is he not interested in me? Is he mad at me? Doesn't he care about me? To answer our question, why didn't God answer my prayer? We need to understand two things. We need to understand, friends, the nature of God. And we need to understand the purpose of prayer. That's what we're going to dig into now. It's hard to grasp, but we are not the main characters in the story. God is. And in the prayer meeting, we were reminded that we are his children and he's our father. And I want to tell you, I want to be so bold as to tell you that if your household is being run by the will of your children, you are out of order. God is the father in this household. We are the children. He is the main character in his story. God doesn't exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. So the purpose of prayer, friends, is not to get God to do our will, but the purpose of prayer is to know God so that we can do his will. God is not a spiritual center. He doesn't reward good behavior. I don't know if you had those lists or your kids have those lists. He doesn't reward good behavior. He's not Santa. He's not a drive-through God either. Where you have a need, press a button, place an order, and get what you want. That's not who our God is. He's not a button to be pushed. But what God offers is relationship to be built. He doesn't offer us a button that we push, that we get our heart's desire. He says, and offers actually much more than that. He says, come to me and you will get to know me through prayer. And through knowing me, you'll get to know my will. So the purpose of prayer, friends, is to know God so that we can do his will. In verse 13 of the scripture we've just read, Jesus states, ask me anything and I'll do it. 
Now, if Jesus said that, I did ask, why didn't he do it? So to answer our questions, friend, we have to, as I said, go to the Word of God. We have to study and interpret the Bible. By that, I mean we don't pick and mix from Scripture. Now, I'm going to give my age away because when I was little, you used to get the chocolate counter where it was called pick and mix, and they were all individually wrapped, and you could go and you could say, I want five of these and four of those. And yeah, some of you just haven't a clue of what I'm talking about. But the point is you could just take what you wanted, your favorite ones. You didn't have to take the orange creams, you know, because nobody wants those. But you picked and you mixed and you got exactly what you wanted. And I want to say, friends, we have to be very, very careful with Scripture that we interpret it correctly. We don't pick and mix with Scripture. We take Scripture and we truly understand its meaning through looking at the context of Scripture. Like who wrote that particular part of Scripture? To whom was it written? What is the cultural meaning of that Scripture? The historical fit of that scripture. There needs to be a depth to our understanding because scripture helps us to know God. And then the second point, we need to use the Bible to interpret the Bible. And by that, I mean there are so many opinions in our world today. There are so many books written about what God is saying, what he has said. And friends, Many of them are very helpful and very good. But as a rule, you and I as believers, we need to use the Bible to interpret the Bible. God is not fractured in his personhood or his personality or his promises. His thoughts and ways are clearly defined and exposed in his word. So we need to understand the entirety of Scripture. And when we see what seems to be contradictions, we don't shrink back, explore Scripture to find how they fit together. Because as I said, God is not fractured. He's complete. And so what seems to be contradiction, when we go to Scripture and we really mine the truth of Scripture, we see actually beyond our own surface understanding, God is much, much more than that. So why didn't God answer my prayer? I'm not trying to get away from the question. We're going to answer it now. We're going to go to Scripture and we're going to look at four possible answers to your question. The first one, a possible answer for unanswered prayer, is maybe you have a broken relationship. Come with me to Mark 11, won't you? Verse 24. Mark 11, verse 24 and 25. Again, this is Jesus speaking. He says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. 
We like the part of casting the mountain into the sea, calling the power of God to work. But Jesus is making a link here, and he's saying, when you are praying, make sure you're not holding something against anybody else. It seems like Jesus is saying there's a relationship between living at peace with others and being at peace with him. Now, what he's really saying here is that our relationship with other people impacts our relationship with God. And if we pray for kingdom purposes, friends, for the kingdom of God to come, then we will be hindering the kingdom of God coming and we will be damaging the kingdom of God by having discord amongst us. So 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, it says, pray free from anger and controversy. And 1 Peter 3 verse 7 says, considerate and respectful to your wives' husbands so that your prayers may be answered. So we can't ignore the relationship that Jesus is highlighting here between our relationships with other people and our relationship with him and the power and effectivity of our prayer. Prayer that moves mountains, friends, needs pure hearts. Pure hearts with no conflict and damage in relationships. The second reason perhaps, that a prayer has gone unanswered, is incorrect motives. We see Jesus, he speaks in parables, and we see that often the Pharisees are the ones who come to the temple, and they are most concerned, actually, with who has seen them there, who is witnessing them praying, the words that they're using, They're quite worried about their appearance, and so their motive is faulty. Their prayers are ineffective. Sometimes we can pray for things like our finances, but we are refusing to honor God through tithing. Sometimes our motives are faulty, where we refuse to give God his honor, And yet, we want him to supply all our needs. We might be praying for a higher income, a flashier car. The question is, the purpose of that prayer? Who is the glory going to go to? Faulty motives cause ineffective prayer. Thirdly, prayers go unanswered at times, because maybe you and I don't believe that God will do it. We lack faith, friends. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. It's a very encouraging, also lacks faith, but Jesus does something amazing. Mark 9, there's a boy, he's a young boy, and he's possessed by an evil spirit. Can you imagine, as a parent of a child like that, just seeing them in so much pain? And this, this father, he's explaining that the child can't talk. 
He foams at the mouth and thrashes around. And he asks the Father, asks the disciples to please cast the Spirit out. And the disciples can't. And then they come to Jesus. And we pick it up in verse 22. And this is the father of the boy speaking. He says, it has often thrown him, the spirit, the evil spirit has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on him. If you can, <laughs> said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. I love that verse right there because he's got a starter pack of faith. <laughs> I've got faith. That's why I've come to you, Jesus. And then he says, but help me in my unbelief because there's so much in us as people. We are so finite in our wisdom and our understanding that sometimes our unbelief stems from that. And he says, God, help me. Jesus, help me in my unbelief. I want to see you work. And so, friends, faith and a lack of faith does not necessarily discount God working. But God works with our faith. What do we do in moments when our faith is weak? Because I know I'm not the only person in this place that has moments of weakness in my faith. Friends, when I read the word, I see that in my moments of weakness, when my faith is weak, that is the moment that I have to count on God. The God that I know, I have seen him heal terminal diseases. This is what I have seen of my God, my Father. I have seen him save people that I totally thought were almost impossible to be born again. Friends, I cast my mind to the things that God has done and the person of who he is. And I pray. Can I say that again? In moments where my faith is weak, what do I do? I pray because I count on God. Our faith matters. It's impossible to please God without faith. That's what the scripture says. So God wants to and desires to work with our faith. Faith is not always the reason for unanswered prayer. And I want to ask us, as believers, as brothers and sisters, to be very careful about using a lack of faith as a blanket response to prayers that are unanswered in people's lives. Because sometimes it can actually be such a heavy burden for others to bear we don't know the ins and outs of every circumstance. God does. And so when somebody is terminally ill and they're not being healed, it is not our place to say, perhaps it's because of your lack of faith. Lack of faith is not a blanket reason for unanswered prayer. 
But friends, we do see over and over again, Jesus refers to faith. Matthew 9, 29 and 30, two blind men are healed by Jesus. And he says to them, according to your faith, it is done. We see a bleeding woman come to Jesus in Matthew 9, 22. And she reaches out and touches him and he says, your faith has healed you. Luke 7, verse 50, an immoral woman, she's caught in the act of adultery, and he says to her, your faith has saved God to work with our faith. And we have to allow our faith to work with God. When we allow our faith to work with God, the amazing thing is that it grows. (laughs) That mustard seed that Jesus speaks about, it grows, it becomes a massive tree, if you've seen a mustard, tree, a mustard seed. We have to activate our trust, friends. So perhaps you are saying, my relationships are good, Jenny. I, I did pray with the right motive. I had faith. But God still didn't answer my prayer. Friends, we're going to go to Scripture and we're going to see that perhaps God has something different for you. God sometimes has something different for us than what we pray for. 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. I'm going to read this together. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, there it is again, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked him. Now let's think about this carefully. The emphasis in this scripture is on God's will, according to his will. That's what the scripture says. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him. Now, friends, this scripture starts by reminding us that we have confidence when we approach God. We can have confidence in approaching him. He is not doing us a favor by listening to us. He has made the way open for us. Jesus came for that very reason. We are able to approach the throne of grace with confidence that God hears us. He is mindful of our prayers. In Psalms, it says, he bends to hear the prayers of his people. We can be confident in being heard. Most times, That's all we need, friends, is confidence in being heard. Have you ever found that? When you've got a problem, when you've got a need, it's not always that other people will come and fix it for you. But if they listen to you and you share it, there's a great power in being listened to. And friends, that's our God. He hears us. He doesn't dismiss us. But here's the truth. God 
knows what's best. And friends, that is our confidence. Our confidence is in the fact that God knows best. Paul, the apostle, he pleaded with God. This was a man who was used mightily by the Lord. But if you read the New Testament, you will see that he pleads with God on a number of occasions. He prays. And he asks God to take away a thorn in his flesh. Have you read those scriptures? And some people, we don't quite know what that thorn in the flesh is. We've got various ideas. Some people would say it's an eye problem because he gets other people to write his letters. Some people would say malaria from his travels and his fevers and the sickness he suffers from. Some people would say epilepsy. Others would say it's actually a person. Those people that just wouldn't let Paul live without them doggedly trying to destroy the works of his hands for the kingdom of God. And so Regardless of what this thorn in the flesh actually was, friends, it was a problem for Paul. He says that, and he asks God to take it away. But God doesn't remove it, friends. God doesn't remove this thorn from Paul's flesh. He gives him grace to endure it. So, friends, in the moment of receiving an answer to our prayer or a perceived unanswer to our prayer, we may be disappointed. We may be confused. Perhaps we don't like God's response. But over time, you might have seen this in your own life. We realize God had something different planned for me. We don't have time for this whole story. But a story that is so relevant to our lives is the fact that when we were called, we felt God calling us to start a church. Nick and I thought it would be in Kenya because we've been doing a lot of work into Africa. We explored work opportunities. We felt God give us that place. We went to Nairobi. We spent time there. We felt this was in God. We then began to apply for jobs to get into the country. Not a single door opened for us, friends. We were confused. <laughs> we were a bit disappointed. We look back and we realize God had a different plan for us. What an awesome plan he had. Thank you, Jesus. We didn't plant in Nairobi. <laughs> but at the time, friends... It wasn't making sense in our finite understanding. God knows best. He knows best. Why bother to pray? Shelley, if you're saying that God will do and he's going to do what he wants to do, why do I need to bother to pray? Well, let's go back to the purpose of prayer, friends. The purpose of prayer is not to get God to do our will, but to know God so we can do His will. That's why we bother to pray. When we have a prayer slump and we're not living on prayer mountain, I want to encourage us to feed that confidence we were talking about, to feed our confidence through Scripture because Scripture reminds us who God is. Matthew 7, verse 7, it says, Keep asking, keep seeking, Keep knocking. It's encouraging us to persist. 
we will be rewarded because God is good and his desire for your life and mine is good. He does what is best. In conclusion, friends, the more we know and understand God's character and the more we know and understand his will and both of those things we get from being in the presence of God and being in Scripture. The more we understand God, the more we know His will, the more effective our prayers become. Prayer always offers opportunity. Answered prayer offers opportunity for God to get His glory. Unanswered prayer offers opportunity for you and I to grow. We can be confident when we come to God in prayer. We can be confident to approach him. We can be confident that he hears us. And friends, we can be confident that God knows best. He is the father. I am his child. I can rest in the knowledge that my father is wise and he gives good gifts, the Bible tells me. He is a perfect father. I can be confident in my God.